Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Thursday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Wednesday. Uh, we'll pull the cabinet reshuffle apart. Uh, we're going to play podcast roulette again today, this time uh, with Cyan James. We'll find out what dog cables are. That's all I've got to go on, so we'll find out shortly. Uh, I know what cruise ship eggs are. Uh, if you don't, stay listening to the end of the pod. At the beginning of the pod, though, uh, as a result of the flooding in Auckland, of course, it means a lot of wet carpet around the place. What can you do with a wet carpet? Is it useless or can you revive it? Because if you can find some process to rejuge old carpet, I think you're in for a bit of a gold mine. Um, so... There's some second-hand carpenter, John Collis, who reckons much of that old carpet could be revived. This guy went to business after a Nelson flood and he revives old carpet. So that might be something people need to get involved with. It could be a good side hustle for you. Just because old carpet got wet doesn't mean it needs to be lifted. Um, so there you go. I suppose people, when they get insurance, they want to have the clean carpet, the new carpet. But you might be okay to revive it, and I'm sure you could buy old carpet and clean it. So if you've got any experience with carpet, I haven't had a show on carpet, actually. That might be the topic for tonight. I'm sure there's a way to revive it. I don't know quite how you do it. The trouble with carpet is a dead weight, very, very heavy to lift. Um, but I'm sure if you had a lot of floor space... You could probably roll it out, clean it, scrub it, and dry it, and then restretch it. Um, although I think it shrinks. No, I think your main problem with your flooded, your flooded carpet and your underlay, of course, is the same problem that we heard about yesterday with people's veggie gardens and indeed market gardens. Once they've had floodwaters over them, they're contaminated. Like you've got, yeah. You know, I mean, it's not just unmentionable stuff, but it's stuff like diesel and pesticides and God knows what. So you can't. I don't know how you wash that out of your carpet. Brave move washing that out of your carpet. Certainly, Harvey Norman, Wairau Park. When I drove past it on Saturday morning, they 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 rolled all their carpet out of there so that was gone burgers I don't know what you then do with all the old carpet because I mean, that's just going to the landfill isn't it it doesn't sound very environmentally friendly but yeah a lot of questions around that it's a bummer right now uh, Labor's had the big uh, shuffle what does Kate Hawksby think of it on what planet did Chris Hipkins look at what Michael Wood's been doing and go, you know what? Awesome for Auckland. Let's give him that. I mean, come on. This is a guy that Aucklanders hate, and I mean loathe. And it smacks of a Wellington-based politician not to know that and be so disconnected from the real Auckland that he went so far as to put this guy in charge of it. This is the guy whose genius idea it was to build a cycleway across the Harbour Bridge 
which could not have attracted more protest and fallout before it got so unceremoniously canned. He's also the guy who wants to lower the speed limits on all our roads, thus grinding to a halt any productivity left in Auckland at all. He's also the guy wanting to dig up Auckland for light rail. As Transport Minister, he's done absolutely nothing about the woeful state of the roads, the potholes, the public transport. It's all a shambles. Not only that, he's also Immigration Minister, the very guy who's kept workers that every sector has been crying out for out of this country. Same guy. The greatest irony of all was Hipkins' comment on it, which bordered on farce, when he said, when Auckland succeeds, the country succeeds. And yet, inexplicably, he thinks the guy who can help make that happen is the biggest impediment to success and productivity that Auckland's ever seen. I mean, that beggars belief, doesn't it? Which leads me to the second most absurd, bizarre, inexplicable decision to keep Willie Jackson. He keeps broadcasting and media. But even more inexplicable, he got promoted. He's actually climbed cabinet rankings. How is this possible? What is Hipkins seeing in these guys that we are not? Or is it, as I said at the start, that the Labour Party just doesn't have any talent and that has now been laid bare for all of us to see? I often think it must be fun for the hosts uh, to say those sorts of things and then interview the person that they've just spent, you know, two and a half minutes absolutely slamming. Um, Like, are they hoping that they did hear that or that they didn't hear that or... Poor old Michael Wood. Anyway, fun times. Uh, what did uh, what does uh, Kerry think? And I wonder if she interviewed anybody after she'd slammed them. You need to have successful small business to have a successful country. So that is what the Prime Minister is going to focus on, is going to need to focus on. Do they have it in them? Or are they so ideologically blinkered that they're just going to make it tougher and tougher for small business to do business, make it tougher and tougher for the economy to grow, other than collecting taxes and redistributing the taxes to those they say are the most in need. I'd argue that Chris Hipkins doesn't seem to be as ideologically motivated as Jacinda Ardern. He seems to be more interested in keeping his job than transformational change by creating a minister for Auckland, by saying that they're going to be focused on the cost of living, that is going to be where their attentions of all the ministers will be focused. So I would argue that he is less ideologically driven than Jacinda Ardern and wants to ensure he's in the job for another few years. Right, so our takeaways from all that is that We like the idea of a minister for Auckland, but don't like who the minister for Auckland is, who's been appointed. But they didn't have anybody else. That's what's happened there. Um, Right, time for podcast roulette. I know this is the moment you've been waiting for. You, like I, want to find out what dog cables means. Uh, I've got a piece of audio here that's just called... Dog cables, let's see what happens. Actually, even our little poodles. I mean, again, don't want to speak ill of the dead, because I love those <laughs> dogs. We had them for 16 years, but they did occasionally eat their own cables. Oh, and no, 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 no. 
Yeah, I know. It's gross. I'm sorry, but it's after lunch. And because they did that sort of stuff, I was like, guys, if you eat your own number two, you can't come in the bed. <laughs> Just stop saying that, will you? You said it once, that's oh, enough. That's one too no. many. Oh, they my did. goodness. Terrible oh. breath. And you know, oh. when they, yeah. <laughs> Terrible oh. breath. Anyway, last text says, uh, I just wanted to let you guys know um, and chuck in my two cents. I have two, uh, I've got a miniature schnauzer. <laughs> and um, they're, in- <laughs> Tr- truth or dare, is it? <laughs> Carry on. It's a bit unfortunate. Look, I'm not going to get through that text. We'll come back later on. It's 3.30 News Talks in me. This is a I'll have what they're having kind of a moment for me. Um, they're having a good time in the afternoon show. Uh, double entendre Wednesday. Miniature schnau- schnauzer is a euphemism for something apparently. And um, they eat, eat their own cables. Cables. I didn't. See, I uh, I must be living in a parallel universe. I didn't realise it was a. Cables was a. Hmm. What's well, happening? I mean, my dog doesn't eat its own feces. Uh, he loves the cats, though. Just saying. Uh, we're going to uh, finish up here. Uh, what are we finishing up here with? I've, now I've got distracted. Oh, yes. Uh, the cruise ship that wasn't allowed to buy eggs at Port Chalmers because, you know, we've got an egg shortage. How did you spot what they were up to? Well, um, well, the staff actually spotted it. Um, obviously, a couple of the crew had been in previously and bought some of them. And, um, and then all of a sudden there was, like you say, the captain and 22 staff about half an hour later um, ready to come in and, yeah, just purchase them all, I guess. But but was it obvious that they were? I mean, were they in their captains and crew uniform? uniform? Yes. Oh, yeah, they were. And yeah. what did they all come in in uniform and then all stand in the line in uniform together? Yeah, yeah. I they think were that was going to work. Yeah, they're standing up the shop front on the street. It's quite <laughs> easy to see. <laughs> so then, what did the staff say? They actually say to them, "You can't do this." Well, what? Yeah, what happened was the staff rang me and um, and I said, "Look, you, you can't sell them all those eggs because I've already been asked the question today." Um, you know, what do you deem as a customer? Well, that, that, that's a kitchen coming to um, buy a large amount of a product rather than a customer, uh, individual customer. And um, when you've got a shortage like we have at the moment, um, it's, it's really important to us that we do adhere to the one carton per customer rule so that our local customers or our every indiv- everyday customer can come and get those bare basics like something like eggs, which are hard to come by. I kind of... I'm kind of on the cruise ship side here, to be honest. I mean, I wouldn't be if I lived in Port Chalmers and I wanted to buy some eggs and they're all gone because they were being gobbled up by the cruise ship passengers. But it's it's not the cruise ship's fault that we've got an egg shortage. And any other time, we love it when the cruise ship is coming and they you know bring all this business to town and they're buying all our stuff. We love that. Oh, but you can't have our eggs when we don't have very many. I don't think we can have it both ways, can we? And why is it taking so long for us to sort out the egg thing? 
I what I don't understand, and I still am not clear on this. How we went from having enough eggs to having no eggs, like it, it just went straight from one situation to the other, and I don't understand what happened, and nobody's been able to explain it to me. I've missed something somewhere. I've missed the cable thing, and I've missed the egg thing. I need to start paying more attention. I'm Glenn Z Beat. I'm going to have to go and do some homework before I come back tomorrow with another news talk. Z Beat. See you then. <laughs> <laughs>